My name is Karen. And my name is Colleen. And this is Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh, oh my! Welcome back to Our Goblet of Wine is Better, our series about the Harry Potter books, movies, and everything in between. In this episode, we will be discussing chapters 29 and 30 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And as always, we want to give a big patron shout out to our patron, Boom. He's the best. We love him. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're doing chapters 29 and 30, and it's The Dream and the Pensive. Those are the titles. Um, yes. So it'll be really fun. But before... <laughs> we do that i wanted to read this uh this review that made me laugh recently it made me laugh too <laughs> i was like i i just casually checked our reviews on apple Podcasts and was like oh and so then i was like well i gotta send this to colleen <laughs> i thought it was really funny um because we hadn't gotten a review since march i guess where okay. they said yeah <laughs> oh that's right yeah the yeah review the yeah but, um, review but the one we got on the 22nd of june <laughs> it says if you're looking for intelligent harry potter discussion then don't bother with this podcast it's pretty terrible first of all <laughs> we never claimed we were intelligent harry potter discussers <laughs> nope not at all <laughs> we just wanted to talk about it because <laughs> we like it <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah um, so we never claimed that <laughs> we, we yeah we never claimed that secondly what episode did this person listen to and how much of it did you listen to i don't know i'm so curious i'm I also very know. curious <laughs> like i know that i have like a million questions about what yeah. goes on in here but i think they're good questions no for sure they are you know I am very interested in finding out what episode they listened to. Too bad we can't Same. message them and ask. I know. I wish we could. <laughs> we could just be like, hey, just out of sheer curiosity, what episode did you listen to? When what made you think that we were unintelligent? Was it one of our unhinged ones? Because this whole podcast is a clusterfuck, and we already have said that and claimed that. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like yeah, what was... you said isn't gonna change it. <laughs> Never said we were intelligent. No, never. <laughs> but I know oh writing, gosh. and I can tell you that the writing is not great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not. But anyway, I don't think there's anything else. Just, like, join our Discord, and, you know, we have live streams. Yeah. So come it's watch true. our live podcast streams. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but if there's nothing else... Uh, we can talk about the dream. Yes. Karen okay. has more notes than I do. I just I want to point that out. For once. It, it never happens. So. For both of these chapters, Karen has more notes than me. I do. But um, <laughs> I think most of my notes are summary, so we'll go through them probably pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like I didn't touch on like think like small things that weren't important. I just skipped over them. I was like, eh, whatever, boring. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're probably going to go through these pretty fast. I don't know how long this episode's going to end up being. I'm, yeah, I have no idea. 
sometimes we get on tangents that we like keeping in. So sometimes they're longer mm-hmm. than we expect. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, chapter 29, The Dream. And I love how, like, at the very beginning, it's the trio, like, chatting about, like, what happened the night before and stuff. And Ron's, like, trying to come up with all these ways that Victor could be the perpetrator here. Yeah. (laughs) Victor's bad. Crumb is bad. But, like, Victor definitely did not attack Crouch. And also, we knew that Crouch was, like, incapacitated and, like, all over the place there's no way he attacked victor there had to have been a third party it was not yeah. just them so. yeah like the, the beginning <laughs> the beginning of this chapter hermione gets it right off the bat yeah. because she said it comes down to this either mr crouch attacked victor or somebody else attacked both of them when victor wasn't looking yeah. and hermione's got it that's 100 percent what happened you might not know who did it yet we have our ideas. We have our <laughs> I'm ideas. Pretty sure I'm right, but <laughs> we we don't know who did it. But they are in the process of sending a note to Sirius about what happened and all of that. So they're in the owlery, mm-hmm. you know, getting themselves a little owl to send a little note off while they're having this chat. <laughs> And then they hear people coming up the stairs to the owlery and they're like, wait. So they all get like real quiet and they can hear the conversation coming like from the stairs. They don't know who's coming yet, but I feel like you would recognize those voices. I think think they do. Yeah, I think when the voices get closer, they're kind of like, oh, it's Fred and George. Okay. That's who it is. I wasn't sure if it was like they thought it was that or they just realized it was them when they walked through the door. Because I was going to be like, that doesn't make any sense, Ron. You live with them. (laughs) They're your brothers. Yeah, it really just says, like, somebody was climbing up the steps to the alley here. You could hear two voices arguing, coming closer and closer. And then you just get bits of quotes from the two people coming up mm-hmm. and then it just goes you know the hourly hourly door banged open friend george came over the threshold whatever so like it doesn't specify if they figured it out before the door opened or what <laughs> maybe the tree is just really dumb <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't know it's entertaining yeah they're talking about blackmailing someone so they're like what is going on i was like what is going on like who are they blackmailing and why (laughs) yeah that was my question i'm like who are they blackmailing because i like they're (sighs) hold on let me go back to the conversation because i genuinely was like i really want to know who they're blackmailing and why they're blackmailing yeah like what are they even blackmailing them about like what dirt do they have on someone (laughs) yeah because they're saying like oh that's blackmail that is we could get into a lot of trouble for that we've tried being polite it's time to play dirty like him he wouldn't tell the ministry of magic knowing what he did uh blah 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 whatever yeah and you won't be complaining if we get a nice fat payoff will you and i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) who are you blackmailing yeah who but anyway fred and george like burst into the owlery and both groups Fred and George and the trio, the dream team, they ask the same questions and then they're like, okay, well, we won't answer if you guys don't answer and we'll just not ask any questions about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I feel like that would have been the normal 
thing to do like why do you care who they're mailing and why do they care who you're mailing like it's yeah why i mean like here's the funny thing too because you know ron says it's my business if you're blackmailing someone and i'm like is it though it's not he's not involved at all it's, it's not, not gonna harm yeah. him <laughs> no it's not it's not your business it's his business if he's actually actively involved with them and the thing that is possibly related to the blackmailing but he is not mm. in any way. Yeah. <laughs> so. And like him knowing that they want to start a joke shop, that's not that's not grounds for him knowing who they're trying to blackmail. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are they like who are they blackmailing? Is this literally just to start their joke shop so that they can get money to start the shop? Like Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. And, like, you know, like, they, they do point out, you know, like, oh, Fred and George break rules all the time. And Hermione's like, well, yeah, now they're trying to break the law. And it's like. Okay, and Hermione, what have you done all these years? And, yeah, I mean, like, I just, like, on one hand, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, Fred and George break rules. It's all good. It's all fine. Whatever. You know, they, it's, that's who they are. But then it's like, this is kind of a different side of them that I feel like I've never really seen before. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, they're willing to blackmail someone. And it's just weird. It's very weird. and It's weird. Yeah. It's definitely not the Fred and George that we, like, know. I don't yeah. know if this side of them ever comes out ever again. This might just be one random one-off. I think but... if this kind of side ever showed its face again, it's when Voldemort grows more into power. And then, you know, there's all that hatred about Voldemort and whatnot. Yeah. I think that's when it would come back. Okay. I could see But otherwise... That. Just normal everyday whatever, like start trying to start their joke shop. I don't know if we'll ever see it again in the, no. that context. Yeah, I don't think so. But it is what it is. They're blackmailing or possibly blackmailing someone, and we'll never find out who. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Think I definitely so. don't remember that. But anyway, the trio, the dream team, are our lovely main characters over here. <laughs> <laughs> they decide that they're gonna go talk to Moody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're like, oh, no, 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 we can't talk to him at, like, the butt crack of dawn. But they still go talk to him eventually anyway. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, like, how much later did you wait? Like, where did you wait? There is no, like, gap of time for them waiting. <laughs> for some reason, I feel like it was in between classes. I think it, it was. Okay. I think so, yeah, because I think, I think a class ends. Moody is, like, letting a class out. And okay. uh, and the dream team's like coming up to him, and they're okay. like, "Hey, we want to talk to you." And he's like, "All right, into the classroom." <laughs> okay. So that's when they talk. Well, I didn't remember the classes, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, I think it was a very small thing, so it was not like, important, yeah. obviously. Not important. No. So they go and they talk to Moody, right? And Moody, I think, is entertaining. Um, I think it's entertaining that he's going to talk to the trio. And I was like, why do they trust this new teacher so much? Because, like, genuinely, they don't mm -hmm. know him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're just throwing everything on him, being like, oh, yeah, we know you. You're good. I but think, that's not a guarantee. I think part of the reason they trust him so quickly is the fact that he's a well-known Auror. And people are like, oh, yeah, like, he's great at what he does, whatever. Like, I, I think it's... I think it's that reputation that he has that they're kind of like, okay, he's an or he's worked with the ministry. He's obviously on the good side. Like mm -hmm. we know this, 
uh, what, uh, God, I'm trying to come up with examples of things that have happened throughout this book that he's <laughs> helped know. Harry with, and I can't think of anything right like now. Like when Harry was stuck uh, on the stairs. When Harry was stuck on the stairs, you know, Matt, I was kind of like, I'm not going to tell anyone, like, we're good, you know, like, we're, we're Gucci. And it's just like, Okay, so I, I guess because of these tiny little things that have happened with Mad Eye, they're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, we can trust him. We'll go talk to him. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I can so see that. I, I, I think that's what it is. I think it's just the fact that Mad Eye has at least helped Harry out throughout the book bit. a bit, okay. and he has this reputation of like he's obviously on the side of good. Okay. So well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um. Mm-hmm. but they're like asking moody like oh did you see anything on the map last night like Mm -hmm. they're just like so open about this like anyone could hear this conversation well they're they're in the classroom and i think moody probably closed the door behind them so like technically they're alone with him but technically but people could still listen i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, I but, mean, if you're able to transform into a beetle and somehow make your way into a classroom. So true. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking beetle. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they're asking him all these questions about last night and they're like, well, were you on the grounds? And he goes, no. And I was like, Moody did not tell them the truth because literally, like we said in the last one, there is absolutely no way Snape told Moody, hey, <laughs> go. <laughs> That's not that's not what mm-hmm. happened. Moody just went because he knew what was going on. Yeah. He didn't he probably wasn't even in the castle. Like we genuinely or at least I do, I genuinely think he was the reason for the attack. Oh, I yeah, I, I would agree there. Hold on. I wanna see what exactly My opinion on that has Moody not said. changed. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it was definitely Moody who did the attack. <laughs> you know what I I will say, Ron makes a comment about, like, oh, could whoever have attacked, you know, pulled Crouch onto his broom with him and flown off? And I just have a random question. Yes. Can the Marauder's map show people who are flying on broomsticks around the castle or the grounds? That is a really good question, and I'm not so sure it could. Yeah. I I'm like thinking their feet that have too. to be touching the ground. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. Like, I... It gets tricky, I think, when, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, if you're sitting, like, on a couch or something. I don't yeah. know, because, like, I, I feel like touching the ground, yes, absolutely. But then there's a yeah, difference between true. just, like, laying in a bed, sitting on a couch, yeah. like, all curled up, whatever, and flying. And I don't yeah. know where to make the distinction of, like, can the map pick that up? Maybe it's the fact that you are by extension touching the ground if you're like on a couch or a bed because that's yeah. touching the ground kind of thing but if you're on a broom it's literally in the air it's not touching anything yeah that's kind of where i'm at with so that. i think that's i think that's the difference but we wouldn't yeah. know because no one's ever pulled the fucking map out during a quidditch game so who fucking knows <laughs> <laughs> dang it if only they had done that like during their third year because right? you know there was a dog at the gate at a quidditch yeah. game for some reason <laughs> Man, if only. If only. <laughs> Should have pulled that map out, Harry. <laughs> if only Harry hadn't been in the middle of playing Quidditch during yeah. a storm, you know. If he hadn't like... been in the middle of fainting because of Dementors, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Man, lost Man, opportunity. Oh my god, I know. So bad. <laughs> you know what? I'm genuinely curious now, now that I think about it. If Harry had had the Marauder's map during his, his first year at Hogwarts... What would show up on the map 
for Professor Quarrel. Yeah, that's really... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did Fred and George have the map at that time? Or, <laughs> like... When, when did they, they did. get the map and when did they lose it? They did have that map, didn't they? I don't know when they lost it, though, is the thing. Well, they didn't lose it. Someone else lost it. The Marauders lost it and then the... Well, the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Fred but Filch, Filch it. took it. Yeah, but Filch took it from Fred and George, yeah. didn't they? Or no? No. No, 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 no. no. They no, found right. it they from would have it. him. Yeah, so yes. they had it. Because they got it from him, in, what, in their first year or something? Something like that. Oh, hmm. That's. Was it their well. first year? Was it their third year? I feel like it was their third year. No, I... was it their third year? I'm looking it up. Oh, I spelled it wrong. In their first year. It was their first year? Damn. Yeah, it was their first Smart year. Smart little 11 year olds, all right. I know, right? Well, sneaky. Sneaky is more like it. <laughs> That's true. Sneaky little 11 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so they would have had yeah. the map yeah, at that time. It. Yeah. So, what showed up on the map for Quirrell? Did it just say Quirrell's name? Did it say Quirrell and Tom Riddle? Like, I guess it also depends on how often they were using the map and what they were using it for. Because if they never looked at the map like Harry does, where he's just like randomly always looking at it like mm-hmm. a weirdo. Yeah. But like if they only used it for like certain things like the passageways or knowing like what like when they're walking around the castle trying to avoid certain teachers, if they're just looking mm-hmm. at their own specific area and they never yeah. came across Quirrell in the same area of the castle as them, maybe they just never saw it. I mean, maybe, but I still feel like at least once they probably would have come across Quirrell on the map. I agree, too, but (laughs) But, we know Joe, so. Mm -hmm. So we'll never know. We will never find out. We'll never know. (laughs) We have absolutely no idea. Oh, my gosh. It's a great question, though. (laughs) It it is. It is a very good question. (laughs) They should know. Dang, if only, if only if we could only. find out. <laughs> but they have their little conversation with Moody. He's all like, mm-hmm. no, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't there. Like, I don't know. And um, and then he kind of switches the focus and is like, hey, Harry, like, you need to be working on the third task. You need to be focused on that. Like, you need to go practice for it. And mm-hmm. Harry goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah. How do you forget about a third task in a competition that has um, the potential to kill you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but sure, Harry, you forgot yeah. about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He genuinely is just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the third task. Even though, you know, I think just a couple days beforehand, he had been at the Quidditch field where the uh, the maze is growing. So it's like. Um, it was the night before. Was it the night before? I can't remember at this point. Yeah, it was the night before. He was just there, you know? Like, he knows the task is coming up. How do you forget? I mean, I think they still have time for it. Like, a month at least or something? Yeah, something like that. I don't know what month this is right now, but... I don't know. I want to say they have a month until the third task. Their task is in June. Yeah. So, yeah. The end of June. Yes, it is the end of June. But anyway... Okay, Harry, go ahead and forget about the third task that you were definitely thinking about last night. Sure. <laughs> yep. 
I, I thought it was really interesting also that Moody was like, you can never have too many eyes out. And I don't know why I thought that was interesting. Maybe because he lost an eye. Um, Maybe, yeah. So he did get an eye out. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's not, it's not a bad point to make that like everyone needs to be keeping their eyes open to like see what's going on and stuff like sure but also why is he giving them advice that might harm him in the end (laughs) I mean I feel like this brings it back to my question like a few episodes ago or several episodes I don't know where I was kind of like why is Moody telling Harry he should be an or literally like Like, stop (laughs) also also in this chapter when they're having their conversation with moody moody tells hermione that she should be an or and it's yeah that's true he does do that he's like have you ever thought about it and she's like "Mm, okay (laughs) yeah no it's just like what the heck (laughs) this moody man i don't feel like this is how barty crouch jr would talk I don't know. I don't think he'd be actively trying to help the force that fights against him. (laughs) I have no idea. I, I, we will talk about Barty Crouch Jr. in the next uh, chapter. Yes. Yes, we will. And I, I have, I I have questions about him and I just, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. But it's just like, I don't know how Barty Crouch Jr. would act at this point. I do not know. I have no idea. Yeah, especially if he's been living in isolation. I don't know. I mean, has he been? I'm pretty sure. Because no one knows that he's alive still. I mean, yeah, but... So wouldn't that mean he's been kind of isolated, at least in some way? At least in some way. I feel like he's been living at, like, the Barty Crouch house oh yeah know, no that's father. what i i'm pretty sure oh, okay he's been okay doing that. i'm just so saying like, like isolation as in like no one has really seen him or heard from him or anything so they don't know he's yeah alive. they don't know he's alive that's what yeah. i meant but yeah but um, i don't i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in the next chapter yeah 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 but yeah okay so moody you know whatever they i okay i don't my other thing is, so sure, Harry's like, okay, but obviously, like, I wasn't the target last night, you know? Like, sure, yeah, you're you're right, you weren't the target. And also, you're not going to be the target unless you're in the presence of Voldemort, because Voldemort has explicitly said that no one gets to kill you, even though that would solve all of his problems. Yes. Why is he being so selfish about this? If he really, truly just wanted Harry dead, he could just have someone kill Harry. I think it's because <laughs> when Harry did try, sorry, not Harry, when Voldemort did try to kill Harry, that curse backfired. And so now yeah. he's like, well, now I'm going to kill him if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. It didn't work the first time. It will work the second time. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> it's it's literally his one fatal flaw. His one yeah. fatal flaw is that yeah. he is so selfish and invested in him being the one to kill Harry Potter that he fucks it all up and ends up losing because he's so invested in being the one to do it. <laughs> yeah, he, he genuinely really wants to be the one to kill Harry when you could have someone else do it. You could have someone else do it. <laughs> like, it. It could have happened so many times by now, but no. Like, like honestly, like, it could have happened during the school year. Like, Mad-Eye Moody, like, at, at the very end, you know, 
uh, after I guess after the third test because I guess it'd be silly to kill him beforehand. Yeah. Uh, just be because I know in the movie at least you know Mad Eye takes Harry back to his office and yeah. that's where you know he has the whole like oh like he's looking for more polyjuice potion mm-hmm. whatever but it's like you could have killed him then just yep. immediately could have just brought him in been like oh hey like tell me what happened and then easy, I don't easy. know in- just instead of asking like what happened just kill him yeah and then disappear. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> um, but I do think it's funny because Moody, like, is like, oh, you should train so that you can win because if you practice enough, you'll probably be able to win and blah, blah, blah. And, like, obviously I understand and I'm sure you understand why he would want him to win because, you know, we know what's going to happen Yeah. at the end with the graveyard and the, what's it called, the little transporter thingy yeah port key that thing yep that one yep um and stuff and i'm gonna have questions about that later i'm sure because i've uh been thinking about the port key lately and it doesn't make sense um (laughs) but anyway we'll get there like the more you think about it the more you're like what the fuck we'll get there we'll We'll get get there there. um because joe has set some rules for port keys and that's fine sure But this port key that happens at the end makes no sense and does not follow those rules that she has chosen to set at the very beginning of this book. So, okay, ma'am. Yeah. Sure. And and also, like we <laughs> talked about in a previous episode, I guess the last episode, the uh, the third task is happening in the Quidditch, uh, on the Quidditch field. Mm-hmm. And so everyone can like yep. sit in the stands and whatnot. Wouldn't people notice if the port key, you know, like disappears? Because it's in the middle. It glows. If the glowing disappears, then it's like, oh, okay, yay, someone got it. And then... Where are they? Maybe. Or maybe <laughs> the stands got lowered. <laughs> yeah, they lowered the stands. Okay, third task is starting. Lower the stands. <laughs> Y'all are not allowed You're to not watch. not allowed to watch. We're all, we're just going to listen and hope we can figure out what's happening. <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> but anyway, they're training, you know, whatever. They're practicing some new spells for Harry because he can't just know Expelliarmus. I have to wonder, why is Harry only now learning the stunning spell? Because he's dumb. I feel like that's something he would have learned with Lupin, to be honest. Like, I feel like I Lupin... Mean, I feel like he would have learned a lot more by now. That, so. I mean, that too. We don't We don't know how Quirrell taught. We have no idea. Lockhart, absolute dumbass. Lupin only had so shit. much time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Mad-Eye, I mean, like, Mad-Eye's working with them, obviously, but it's like, I, I, we don't know what they're actually learning, is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like there's so much they could be learning, but it all seems delayed. Yeah. It also just feels like Harry doesn't care about learning spells, even though he's, like, obsessed with magic. That, too. Yeah. That, too. Like, what a weirdo. I know! <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I don't... But Harry... I just... I. Oh, no, 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 no. Say, I I just I just don't understand Harry because I think they do mention something about like uh like Harry knows Expelliarmus whatever yeah. but it, it's like it, th- like he can't just do that you know and yes yeah, no yes you're correct Unreal Pepper Harry's a lazy bastard <laughs> facts facts <laughs> but 
I, I think it's funny that he's been practicing the stunning spell and has been hitting it on Ron like continuously and they've just been waking him up every time and all this. Yeah. And then the second Ron's like, oh, you know, can I take a break? Can you stun Hermione for a little bit? Hermione's like, oh, I think he's good on the stunning <laughs> yeah, spell. Yeah, he's good now. We're fine. <laughs> I don't think we need to practice that anymore. We'll figure something else out. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just does not want to be stunned. Yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, they have to go to divination, right? So they go and they're like, oh, you know, she's going to still have her fire on. It's going to be really fucking hot in that room. And so then they get in there and Harry, like, while her back is turned, he's like, oh, I'm going to crack this window open real quick. So he does. (laughs) And then he goes and sits in his chair and he's like, ah, yes, (laughs) that breeze is wonderful. (laughs) I know. And And then he falls asleep. Here's the thing, though. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, there's something about, like, a, like, uh, Professor Chelani like pulls out a solar system, but she like dims all the lights so that like the only light is the fire. And I'm like, okay, if your window's yep. cracked open though, and it's the middle of the day, wouldn't there be light from the window? Uh, probably, I would say, yeah. So something's but not adding up here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. But Harry does fall asleep in divination right now good times you know and he he gets this like this interesting scene in front of him with a uh, a man and then there's like this what angry voice coming from like a a chair that's like hidden or something i don't know yeah but he like... sees wormtail and he's like oh and you know we we kind of i i I would assume Harry knows that this is Voldemort, but anyway, they're chatting <laughs> about Wormtail's mistake and how it's been rectified. Um, and so Wormtail is no longer going to be fed to Nagini. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I just think it's really interesting because, like, he harry is in this dream right but it's also like a reality because it's actually happening and he watches like because voldemort's like oh you know like you're not gonna be fed to nagini but i am still gonna punish you and so he crucios wormtail like right then and there and so harry watches that and like his scar like hurts and all this and like he's like freaking out like screaming or whatever and so that's like when they all wake him up and i just think it's really spooky that his dreams are becoming that real again yeah just because it's like he hasn't had a dream that's done that to him since he was like dreaming about his mom dying Mm -hmm. and that hasn't happened in a hot second yeah so i yeah like i i kind of question why these kinds of dreams are coming to him now as opposed to like you know you know they have had this connection for the past, like, 12, 13 years, however yep. long it's been. So, like, why are these things happening now? But at the same time, I'm like, okay, Voldemort is apparently growing stronger now. So it's like, okay, I guess it makes kind of sense that these are happening now as opposed to, like, in Harry's first year when he was attached I mean, to Coral. But I think that was different because Voldemort was attached to another human being and now yeah. he's not and just... Don't it, it's so interesting that it starts now. 
why now yeah it's definitely weird because i feel like it would have happened in the last book too but i guess because hasn't he hasn't voldemort been in this form since the last book do we know if he has been i feel like he has been i don't know i don't know if we know I don't think we do, but I feel like he has been because I don't know what else he would be it like. Because isn't this the form that he took after Quirrell died? I mean, we can assume so, but I don't think we actually know. I don't think there's any explanation yeah. until like this book. And Unreal Pepper, you are correct that Harry did have a twinge of scar in the first book when he first saw Quirrell. Well, that's, yeah, that's different though than Harry actually having dreams about yeah. things that are be that are actually real and actually going on. Yeah. It's not it's not the same as him literally like having a sight into like what's happening yeah. with Voldemort and stuff. Yeah. That's just him having like a ooh, this is not good. <laughs> I should like, be around this something's person happening, kind of yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I do question why these insights are happening now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that he's possessing a baby in part four. I mean it seems it's like not a baby. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we actually know what form like Voldemort's actually. It's in. like a weird creature. Yeah. What's a yeah. homunculus? I don't know. I have no idea. He's not a homunculus. What is that? What is it? I didn't look it up. It, it's like a, a weird thing with a big head and big hands. Oh artificially created being i mean maybe i don't know i don't, I don't know. know i don't know we, we i we don't actually know what voldemort turns into after quarrel because yeah. if all i can think of is the movie where voldemort whatever is left of voldemort is basically just like smoke and yeah. it's like okay where did you come from where did you go well and so like what they do in the movie isn't even like supported necessarily by the book because you don't I don't think we ever get a real description on what Voldemort is. Like we haven't we don't. yet. Yeah. And the next time that we might would be when they go to the graveyard. So I mean I could be proven wrong then. But yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, we never know for sure, but in the graveyard scene, Harry describes it as an ugly baby. Uh, you you are correct. That's probably how it's described. And that's how it looks in the movie, too. So it's yeah. like, it's prob- that's probably correct. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. But... Harry wakes up because everyone is like freaking out that he's been screaming and you know Trelawney is like ooh something happened in my classroom I'm very interested to know and Harry's like yeah I'm actually gonna go and she's like but you're like possibly gonna miss out on all of the other stuff you could have happen and he's like yeah I'm going and <laughs> yeah. so he leaves to go talk to Dumbledore you know he asked to go to the hospital wing but he mm-hmm. goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to Dumbledore because that's what he told Sirius he would do the next time his scar hurt and stuff. And so he's going to follow through with that. And yeah. Then he goes <laughs> to where Dumbledore's office is. <laughs> and he's trying to guess what the password is. And he goes through all of these different <laughs> candies, quote yeah. unquote, and gets to like, what was it? I think cockroach it was, clusters Yeah, or cockroach something? clusters. Yeah, that's what it was. And that's the answer. And I was like, that's disgusting. 
Dumbledore because cockroaches are covered in diseases. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Uh, Harry was also like, okay, I wasn't being serious about that one, yeah. but all right. Also, it opened though. It opened. I think Dumbledore needs a doorbell for his office. I like, agree. Seriously, like, I don't. I I feel like students should be able to have the opportunity to go to Dumbledore mm-hmm. if they really yep. need to, but they can't get to him if his nope if his office door is under a password. And he changes it so often. He changes so it. it's like even if they had the password yesterday, it could be the a different one tomorrow. Yeah, and here's the thing too, is that like this is just the entrance to get up to the door of Dumbledore's office. Mm-hmm. Like there's still a door they can knock on yep. once they get up there, but they have to get up there yep. first. Yeah. It's it's bad. It's real bad. It's real they, bad. they need like a string that they can pull that like <laughs> that rings Dumbledore. a bell, yeah. Just yeah. Tr- pull the string. Who is it? So <laughs> But yeah, anyway, the odds of Harry getting the password right was, like, absolutely crazy. But he gets it right, so he goes up the stairs to the office, and he's, like, ready to knock on the door, and then he hears voices, and he's like, oh, okay. And so he just stands there listening to their conversation, because <laughs> apparently the doors aren't thick enough to close out all the sound. I guess not, so, yeah. So he... <laughs> He listens to their conversation and there's Fudge and I think Moody and Dumbledore, they're all in there like chatting about what's been happening and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, Fudge is like, it is Fudge still, right? That's yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was Cornelius okay, Fudge yeah. and Mad-Eye yeah. and Dumbledore. Yeah. So Fudge is like sitting there talking about the attack because that's what they're talking about. That's the subject. That's the reason Fudge is there. Dumbledore is getting the ministry involved because he's like, hey, this isn't good and stuff, you know. So Fudge is like, oh, well, you know, it was close to Madame Maxime and blah, blah, blah. And Dumbledore's like, what? And he's like, I understand how you feel about Hagrid, but that doesn't mean they're all like that. And I was like, oh, so we're racist. We're we're racist. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he's just assuming Maxime had something to do with this. And Dumbledore's like, I highly doubt that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I do not think she had anything to do with this. Um, yeah. And so then and they're like, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just saying, like, I, I guess in the wizarding world, it kind of makes sense that they like, you know, like someone like Cornelius Fudge, if you were like truly like if you grew up in the wizarding world, I guess it makes sense that you would have a distrust for anyone who is yeah. even related to giants. Uh, because, you know, the history of giants has shown them to be mean and ruthless and whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, not the you you have Hagrid, who's extremely nice he yeah but you know he can get angry if you make him angry uh and then you have madame maxime who is also you know a headmistress she's like she got a job like she's fine like she wouldn't be in that position if people didn't trust her to be in that position it's true it's true so she wouldn't be get over your shit (laughs) yeah for real he needs to get over his shit for sure (laughs) um but, like, so they're going to go and explore the castle grounds, you know, and see, like, where this happened and, like, what they could possibly find in that area, you know. And Moody's like, oh, you know, like, before we do that, I think Harry has something to, to talk to you about Dumbledore because he's right outside the door. And Harry's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Harry just, like, well, forgot that Matt I could potentially see yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, Harry gets let in to the the room. And now we're at chapter 30. Yes. The pensive. We talked about chapter one a whole lot more than I thought we would. We did. We or did. sorry, chapter That's 29. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, though. The first, the first chapter, one. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so chapter 30, Harry is in the office, you know. He has been let in. We basically have the same kind of first comment on this. Yeah. I just think it's funny because I feel like every time he goes to the office, the portraits are always sleeping. And so I was like, why are they always asleep? My question is, why are all the portraits asleep when it's the middle of the day? It's a good question. It is literally (laughs) like Harry literally just like escaped from class, went to go see Dumbledore. It's the middle of the day. Why are they sleeping? Maybe when you become a headmaster in a portrait after you die, you get to take naps and you have to take the naps. (laughs) You have to take the naps. Like it's a requirement to be a portrait in the headmaster's office. Portraits don't sleep. What are you talking about, Unreal Pepper? Yeah, they do. They sleep. They sleep. I will read it for you if you would like. Hold on. (laughs) They absolutely sleep. All of the portraits in the castle sleep. Yeah, they they all all sleep. Here, let me find it. They, they live their little lives in their portrait world, but they all sleep. Yep, 100%. here. Here, I'll even read it for you. Let's see. Uh, Harry walked inside. He had been inside Dumbledore's office once before. It was a very beautiful circular room lined with pictures of previous headmasters and headmistresses of Hogwarts, all of whom were fast asleep, their chests rising and falling gently. They're all yeah. asleep. Yeah, they're definitely asleep. It's just their way of listening in and letting the guests think that no one's listening or nah, trying to ignore nah, random students sleeping. approaching them. Okay, all right. <laughs> they're sleeping. But anyway, Dumbledore's like, okay, cool, Harry, you can stay here. We're going to go look around the grounds. I'll come back and talk to you when we're done. And I was like, you're just going to leave Harry in your office. <laughs> Not that he hasn't done it before, yeah. but <laughs> I just, I still feel like that's just a weird thing to do. <laughs> I guess because in my experience, most teachers and professors or whatever wouldn't just leave you alone in their office. Yeah. Not unless they, like, really trusted you. Yeah. But that's, I guess, just my experience. I don't know. It, it might so. also just depend. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it could just depend, I guess. Yeah. But... They go to go search the grounds and Harry's just chilling, you know, he like says hi to Fox and then he like sees a, a glimmer of like silver e light or whatever and he's like, what is that? And then he sees where it's coming from and he's like, ooh. And so he goes to investigate because he's a nosy little fourth year and he looks at it and he's like, what the fuck? He's like, it looks like liquid, but then it looks like it's not a liquid. It looks like it's like a solid or something. And then it's all wispy. So he's like, what the fuck is this shit? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he gets closer because he can see like little images in it. And he's like, wait, what are those? So he gets closer and closer and closer until he sticks his big fat nose inside <laughs> of it. <laughs> Falls. <laughs> I, I like your comment on this in your notes. You said he puts his face close enough to the pensive to see better. Might end up in a memory, buddy. <laughs> Oh and then God. I'm like, ah, yes, now he is in the memory. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just, I was like, what, what? I, I mean, I, I know he doesn't know what it is, but I was like, what were you expecting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, like, just, uh, here's the funny thing too, you know, he's kind of like, oh yeah, I want to like mess around with whatever this is in the pensive. 
And he's like, well, you know, I probably shouldn't use my hand to do that. So I'm just going to use my wand. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave and it alone. he uses his nose. <laughs> and then, and yeah, he's just like, close. I want to see this. <laughs> and like, okay. Harry, okay, so Harry like goes into the memory and he's very quick to realize that it is mm-hmm. a memory because yes. you have to remember that back in the second book with the diary, he was in a similar situation. Yeah. Uh, like, like, so I'll give Harry that. The fact that he was very quick to like realize it was a memory. However, yeah. opening the cabinet, messing around with whatever the substance is and then like getting as close to it as possible, you're stupid. Harry, yeah, you are not a good idea. absolutely stupid. <laughs> You literally don't know what this is. So why are we yeah. touching it? Why are we messing with it? Right. <laughs> and like, I don't know about you, but personally, I would be hardcore panicking in this situation. Like, Same. you're in a memory. Same. Like, how do I get out of yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. You're in a memory. You don't know how to get out of it if you need to. Dumbledore and possibly Mad-Eye and Fudge could walk through the office door at yep. any point. And yep. you also just don't know how long this memory will last. Like, it could last nope. forever. It could. And so, you know, but he realizes he's sitting next to Dumbledore and he's like, wait, why is Dumbledore here? And then he realizes it's like an old past Dumbledore. Because he's like, oh, okay, he's not reacting to me. And Dumbledore would never ignore me. Cough, cough. He does, though. (laughs) He, You Um, just wait, Harry. You just wait. Hello? Next book. Next (laughs) Uh, year. You just don't wait. you worry. Don't you worry. He'll ignore you. He will ignore you. Hardcore. <laughs> it's okay, Harry. It's okay. We got it's you. All good. We, you. we know you're slow on the uptake. Yeah, we know you're very stupid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he obviously he figured out that it's a memory, just like Colleen said and stuff. And we get to see Dementors literally bring Karkaroff into this like dungeon looking room because harry's like i don't know what this is it looks like a dungeon you know yeah <laughs> he's like, i don't know well he's also <laughs> like it, this looks like it could be hogwarts but i don't think it is because it looks like a dungeon like you're saying and then he eventually yeah. does come to the conclusion like this is not hogwarts there are too many people here there's like it's not it <laughs> yeah it's not it but yeah so you know karkaroff is here he's in the the room Crouch starts interrogating Karkaroff and is like, well, do you have names for us? You know, he's like straight to the point. Right. And Karkaroff is like, yeah, you know, and he's obviously very scared, you know, whatever. So he starts naming off these people and Crouch is like, oh, yeah, we, we know we have that one. That one's dead. We have that one. We know that one. We already knew about that, you know, like and Karkaroff is like visibly getting worse and worse, like more scared as it goes because he's like, well, shit, I have like no names then because yeah. like you already know about all these people. And he's trying to get, you know, kind of like a plea bargain, essentially, from what it sounds like where he gets off or gets like less time in Azkaban or whatever it is, you know, he doesn't want to go back to Azkaban from what I'm understanding. Yeah. And um, so he's like trying really hard to turn in all these other death eaters. <laughs> and it's like, okay, buddy. He's like, I know all these names. And, you know, he does actually give him like one or two names. I think that Crouch didn't know. I can double check. I want to say it's two. I, yeah, I, I could say it's wrong. one or two. Yeah. Because I think he gives him one and then Crouch is like, okay, cool. We'll send you back to Azkaban. And then I think he gives him another name and he, Crouch is like, wait, what? And I think that one really makes Crouch stop and be like, oh, okay. 
I think it's the one for the Department of Mysteries, like Rookwood or whatever his name is. Hold on, I'm still um, looking. Give me a moment. Yeah, yeah. You're good, you're good. Yeah, Rookwood is definitely one of them, yeah. But, um, but Moody is sitting there, you know, next to Dumbledore, and he's, like, upset that Crouch, like, is likely going to let Karkaroff go just because he's giving him these names and stuff, and he's like, I think that he should take the names and then send Karkaroff back to Azkaban, blah, 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 like, shouldn't matter. And then Dumbledore's like, well... You know, well, I don't like that, you know, because he doesn't like the Dementors and yeah. stuff. And so, like, they have their little disagreement there. But, yeah, um, yeah I think ultimately Karkaroff does get released because obviously he's the headmaster of Durmstrang. Yeah, so, obviously. And, and like, one of the other names that Karkaroff mentions is Snape, obviously. And, yeah, like, yeah. Snape has already been cleared as, you yep. know, like... He very quickly like went back to the to the good side and became a spy and whatever you know like yeah. Snape has been cleared so he only, yeah. Karkaroff really only gives them one name which was Rookwood. Yeah. Okay. But it was a big deal. It was a big name. It was a big name. Um, <laughs> because he's a Ministry employee and Crouch is like what? <laughs> yeah. You know like that's not okay. We can't have someone in the Department of Mysteries that's like being like this. That's not good. Yeah. You know? And so then. The, like, memory switches, right? Mm-hmm. And we go into another memory, and it kind of starts, like, Harry first notices, like, a young Rita Skeeter, and I was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, same. I was like, oh, God, not Rita Skeeter. Get rid of her. <laughs> but um, in this one, Ludo Bagman is actually the one who's being interrogated and, like, tried, essentially, for his crimes that was such a weird trial <laughs> not gonna lie I, just, I agree but also i didn't even remember him having a trial right yeah <laughs> like I, I mean like ludo bagman makes the comment about like i don't remember quite what it is but he's kind of like i know i'm not the smartest person whatever but yeah. like I, I think he had been passing information along to rookwood about things and he's like oh but i didn't know i was doing it and i'm like Mm -hmm. honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he did know that he was passing information to like Voldemort supporters like he seems like the type of character who would act ditzy and whatnot but actually like be kind of smart kind of like uh lockhart was you know yeah i could see that i don't know how i feel about ludo like i don't know if i i'm leaning one way or the other i mean i don't like ludo personally I, I feel like he could be on the side of bad, though. You do? Like, I I just kind of get that from him. And part okay. of it's just the way he acts. Like, he, especially towards Harry, where he's kind of like, hey, Harry, like, any way I can help you out? Like, how can I help That's you? That's true. Like, he's That's like, true. hey. He does kind of offer to, like, help Harry, like, I guess essentially cheat. Yeah. Like, like, hey, so. I can give you some pointers. Like, whatever you need. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't know about that. That is a good point. But this one's a weird one because everyone in the trial, like, in the room and, the like, the jury even, they're all very upset that Ludo's there and they're upset that Crouch is, like, you know, talking to Ludo as if he's, like, a criminal or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Crouch does his little thing where he asks the jury to, like, vote on whether he's bad or not and no one raises a finger to say that he should go to Azkaban. So I'm sure Crouch is upset about that. And Ludo's just like, all right, cool. And then everyone like claps being like, yay, he's free. Yeah, because here's the thing. This is, from what we can tell, this is like the height of Ludo Bagman's Quidditch career. So like 
I, 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 yeah, sure. I guess all these ministry officials are huge Quidditch fans, I guess. Like, yeah, like on one hand, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, obviously. Okay, cool. They're all Quidditch fans. Awesome. Do they not Mm -hmm. have any other sports? Are they just all Quidditch fans? Like, it seems very unlikely that every single one of them would be like, oh my God, it's Ludo Backman. Holy shit. Another sport. I don't, I don't think there's another sport. Like, there's other, like, small games that they play, but not, like, a sport. Yeah. But I just... I mean, other than Wizards Chess, because I think exactly, chess does yeah. count as a sport. Yeah. Oh, Gobstones. I was trying to think of Gobstones. Yeah. Oh, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah, I know there's too. other smaller games that aren't yeah. sports, but are games. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, But I did think it was really interesting because Crouch... So... You know, in this conversation, Bagman said, like, oh, well, I was doing this because, like, he said that if I helped him out a little bit with this, like, stuff, he would possibly be able to get me, like, a job at the ministry and stuff. And Crouch is like, yeah, no, that would be the worst day if you ever got a job at the ministry. And uh, flash forward to today, um, he has a job at the ministry. Yeah. So, okay, Crouch, I'm sorry that your dreams failed. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I guess it was a very sad day for the ministry. It must have been, because he got a job. He did, which, on one hand, I'm kind of like, okay, how did he get the job if, like, Rookwood was the one promising to help him get a job? But on the other hand, I'm like, okay, all these ministry officials are such huge Quidditch fans that they obviously yeah. were like, oh, yeah, come on into the ministry. We will make a job yeah. for you. <laughs> I would say that's probably what it was. I, I don't was. think he even needed to try and have Rookwood help him. Like, no. I, I don't know. I think but, Rookwood was probably just the first person to, like, approach him about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably but, what it was. Um, <laughs> But then, you know, that, that memory is, like, done. And we have the next one happen. And this is where they bring in, like, four people. Yeah. And it's, like, a big deal, you know? Which and oh yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, I'm pretty sure one of them is Bellatrix Lestrange. I would say yes because this trial is for the torture of the Longbottoms, and she was involved in that. Okay, that's what so I thought. I couldn't quite I'm gonna remember. Go with yes, yeah, because yeah, because they like they like it's described like all four of the people who were brought in and put into the chairs that are in the middle of the room. Yeah. Um, and the third one is like, oh, this woman, you know, blah, 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 who was sitting in the changed chair as though it were a throne. And I was like, mm. that, yeah, has, that to has to be Bellatrix. I don't yep. know who else that would be. <laughs> and plus, no, this, there's no one else. And, it's Bellatrix. and like, by the end of this little trial, like this, the same woman is speaking like, oh, the Dark Lord's going to come back. She's going to be yeah. like, whatever. So I'm like that. That yeah. has to be Bellatrix. No, that that is like that's literally <laughs> like a guarantee. I don't think we even yeah. need anyone to like check that fact. That is one hundred percent Bellatrix. Yeah, um, because this is the trial for the torture of the Longbottoms, mm-hmm. um, and like these are the four people I guess that were involved in it or whatever. But the the worst part is you know we have Crouch's son up here, <laughs> little little teenager Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, um, and he's he's like yelling at his dad, being like, "Father, I didn't, I didn't, blah blah blah." You know, like he's trying really hard to appeal to his dad, and his dad is like, "Hell no, techno." You know, like you are dead to me, basically. I don't fucking care about you right now, um, yeah, or at all. You know, he he goes so far as to say that he doesn't have a son. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> I want to talk about Barty Crouch Jr. 
Okay. Because <laughs> this is kind of what I want to talk about earlier in the episode, but like this is such a different Barty Crouch Jr. that we're seeing here than what we are familiar with, like in the movie. It is. Because it is. here in this trial, you know, Barty Crouch Jr.'s. I don't know if he's crying, but it feels like he should be crying. Like, he's basically begging for his yeah. life. Like, I didn't do it. I didn't yeah. know. Whatever. Like, he seems like he's just a frightened boy. Like, honestly. Yeah. That's that's it's all true. he seems like. However, like, in the movie, when this happens, because they, they changed it in the movie. Karkaroff names Barty mm-hmm. Crouch Jr. Whatever. And it's like, oh, there he is. Barty Crouch Jr. happened to be there for some reason. And, yeah. uh, and the Barty Crouch Jr. in the movie seemed very sure of himself. He's like... He didn't necessarily say, like, yeah, I did it. It's just, like, like he's not scared. He's like, all right. Yeah. Like, you got me. Whatever. Yeah. So it's interesting to have frightened boy who's on trial, who is definitely going to Azkaban because that's what happens. Yeah. And then that turns into whatever he is now, pretending to be moody and everything. Like, how did he get there? I have no clue. It's weird. I, so my my thing is, I think it's really interesting that they just cut out all of the, like, I guess, exposition about the Crouch family, because essentially you don't really know anything about the mom. You don't really mm-hmm. know much about Barty Crouch Jr. And like in the movie, like Colleen said, you're given the scene where Karkaroff is giving out names. And one of the names he says is Barty Crouch Jr. And he points to a kid well, not a kid. He's you know, not he's a like kid. An adult. Yeah, he's an adult. Sitting in the room with them, and he like starts running. Basically. Yeah, at that point, Barty Crouch Jr. is already trying to leave because yeah. he knows that he could be outed. So it's yeah. just like, well. So he's like running, and then they're all like, "What?" And then you know, Barty Crouch is like, "What?" You know, like it's this huge, like crazy scene in the movie where like this is literally not how it happened. Mm-hmm. I think they make Barty Crouch seem a lot nicer in the movie than he does in the book. Yes, I think so. Yeah, because like, I don't know, just the way he's written in the book, he's very like almost like he's no just, emotions. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, he's very black and white. And like, yeah. if you're on the wrong side of what he says is right, then he doesn't fucking care about you at all. Yeah, exactly. So most people aren't black and white like that. No. And I think it I think it can be hard to portray a black and white kind of character like that in a movie, mm-hmm. like so seriously yeah. as Barty Crouch is written in the book. Yeah. So I think that's why he seems nicer in the movies, at least partly. I think so too. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, but also they were trying to figure out a way to cut out the extra little story parts that yeah. I guess they didn't feel like were important but like I I, I mean I guess the whole situation with Barty Crouch Jr. and everything like and his mother and all that like I guess it's not that important to the series which is why yes. they cut all that out and they cut out Ludo Bagman and everything there but it was so interesting but I know <laughs> it's so interesting but they only have so much time for yeah. movies yeah that's true so but anyway this is the one, this is the memory that Dumbledore happens to show up on Harry's left in. Because up until this point, I think Dumbledore was on his right or whatever it was. Yeah, the memory Whichever Dumbledore side was the memory on Dumbledore right. was on. Yeah. yeah. So then the other Dumbledore shows up and Harry's like, wait, there's two Dumbledores. And Dumbledore's like, all right, I think it's time to go. And so he like yoinks Harry out of the memory, right? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to lie. Dumbledore said, like, I literally quoted it. 
Uh, Dumbledore says, I think, Harry, it is time to return to my office. And I don't know why, but it made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> it was just a <laughs> random, just like, there's all this stuff happening. Barty Crouch is like, you're not my son. I have no son, yeah. whatever. And then you just, yeah. then you just have... I think, Harry, it is time to return to my office. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's so calm <laughs> yeah. and docile. But that gives that gives me questions for like, how long was Dumbledore there in the memory with Harry for? Or like, did he just show up back in his office and let Harry hang out in the memory? Or like, what happened there? Did did Dumbledore just let Harry hang out in the memory, or did he just happen to show up at that moment and be like, uh, get out of there? <laughs> I want to say that Dumbledore probably, like, entered the memory when he realized that Harry was in it, and then he probably just sat there until Harry had seen, I guess, enough to understand what was happening, and then mm-hmm. he was like, cool, cool, we're done, and we're going to dip on out of my memories now. Yeah, I- I'm like, on one hand, I could see Dumbledore being like, you know what, Harry can know this, Yeah, he, he-, he can know these things, it's fine, like, yeah. Harry's a very special student, he's my favorite student, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> it's just like what okay yeah Yeah. i i'm not 100 percent sure exactly when that would have been and we don't know either we don't know how long dumbledore was there because harry wasn't registering that he was Mm -hmm. very focused on the the action happening in front of him with barty crouch jr being all upset and barty crouch being like i don't have a son and then the mom fainting and oh yeah "Ah, oh yeah no because uh (laughs) Barty Crouch Jr.'s mother was also at the trial. Yes, she was. She was there. And the second Barty Crouch was like, I have no son. She was like, ah. Yeah, she (laughs) faints and just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they get on out of there and Dumbledore like starts explaining like what a pensive is. And he's like, ah, yes. Like, I understand that you were probably curious and stuff. And he's like, you know how sometimes like your brain gets filled with too many thoughts and memories and stuff. So you just like feel like you need to release some. And he's like, that's what the pensive is for. That's when I, I start pulling things out of my brain. And Harry's like, um, no, because Harry does not understand that because his brain is literally empty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, Dumbledore, I think you think more about Harry than maybe you should because Harry is not that smart. Um, (laughs) But Dumbledore is literally, literally so chill about Harry having seen these memories and stuff. And like those memories are a big deal. Like Mm -hmm. not a lot of people know about those memories, at least that Harry comes in contact with. So like this is all very new information to him and he could very easily spread it around the school not that he will but like it's just really interesting that Dumbledore is just like ah yes it's totally fine that Harry saw those you know I mean I I don't know (laughs) I mean Harry wouldn't go around telling everyone no no I I don't think he would but I'm just saying like anyone else if Dumbledore had left them in the office and that was like open and available Mm -hmm. and stuff like it could happen though yeah, and I don't right. think Dumbledore only leaves Harry alone in his office. I'm sure that if some other student had come and Dumbledore had to go do something, he probably would leave them in the office too. Yeah, you know? I, I think so, Dumbledore is fairly chill about yeah. leaving students in his office. I think he's a little too chill, especially if he has a pensive unlocked. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't realize. I don't think he realized it was unlocked because he does. He said he rushed to put it away. <laughs> exactly, and he's like, I guess I because. Fudge just happened to show up and Dumbledore was like, oh shit. And just like shoved it in, didn't really lock it and was like, oops. (laughs) Yeah. 
But we do get to hear. Why did I spell Dumbledore wrong like so, <laughs> so many, many times? times. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, he's very chill about this. Whatever. Harry doesn't think about Dumbledore as old, I guess. But like Dumbledore has lots and lots of memories. Yeah, and that makes sense because he's quite old. Um, I think the reason Harry mentions that is because uh, when he gets into the memory at first, he's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. it's Dumbledore. I mean, he yeah. looks pretty much the same, but oh, look, yeah. there's Mad-Eye and he's younger and like doesn't yep. have the fake eye. Like, hmm, yeah. interesting. Like, and it was a bunch of years ago and stuff, you know, yeah. so. So he's like, he's well, like, I oh. guess Dumbledore is <laughs> getting older. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Harry is just a weirdo. I know. Um <laughs> But Harry's like, so um, here's the deal, Dumbledore. I fell asleep in divination. And Dumbledore's like, ah, yes, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I quoted like, it. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. I quoted it in my notes. Dumbledore's, oh, okay. Dumbledore's literally just like, quite understandable. Continue. And I'm, I was like, ah, so Dumbledore doesn't really care for divination either. I just thought it was funny because I was like, even Dumbledore thinks divination is boring. Yeah, but- I, I, I'm not going to lie. So I read the previous chapter last night and then I read this chapter this morning and I had forgotten that Harry fell asleep in divination. So I was like, is <laughs> Harry making up a story just oh, to get no. out of actually having to tell him why he's really there? And then I went, oh, wait, no, no, no he actually fell asleep. Story. This is the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Harry's like, so I fell asleep in divination and um, I had this dream about Wormtail and Voldemort and the guinea and, you know, like all of this. And he tells him like what happened and stuff and that his scar was hurting and all that. And Dumbledore's like, oh, OK, that's good to know. And he's like, so I don't remember exactly what he said, but he references the first time. And Harry's like, how did you know about that? And he's like, oh, I talked to Sirius too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I like on one hand, I was kind of like, Sirius is in contact with Dumbledore? I don't remember this. And then I was like, well, actually, no. It makes sense that Dumbledore would be in contact with Sirius, I guess. Yeah. That yeah. that makes sense. I think it does. Because Dumbledore was the fir- the one in the first place who gave them the idea to save Sirius. So I, I don't That's think true. Dumbledore ever yeah. thought that Sirius was like a bad whatever. Yeah. So I think that it makes sense he would try to keep in contact with him. Because he's probably also trying to help Sirius get like food and stuff. You I know? don't know. Because he, okay, he might. Well, well, okay. Here's the thing, though, because uh, Dumbledore does mention that he suggested the cave that for Sirius to stay yeah. in that he's currently in. However, yeah. when Sirius asks, like, "Hey, like Harry, Ron, Hermione, like, whenever you guys next come in, can you bring me food?" And it's like, why isn't Dumbledore like regularly sending Sirius food? Maybe it's because he's sending him cockroach clusters, <laughs> and Sirius is like, "I don't want to eat." Those. Yeah, Sirius is like, mm, "I'm good." <laughs> oh my gosh I don't know but it's just like when, when the dream team you know gave him the food Sirius was like starving like yeah, oh my god and I'm like, Dumbledore, so like Dumbledore you know Sirius is there why aren't you feeding yeah. him yeah I, I, I genuinely think that maybe Dumbledore has sent him stuff but probably not much and Dumbledore does get kind of you know Mm-hmm. airheaded so he probably yeah. forgets a lot i mean so. i'm sure part of it is also like the less people who know about Sirius, mm-hmm. the better and so he yeah. wants to not like bring attention to the fact yeah. that 
you know, whoever or whatever is bringing serious food, like, keeps coming in and leaving without it. And, like, where are they going? Where are they coming from? However, like, I feel like you could get, like, Dobby to be able to do something. However, I guess, I guess uh, house elves disapparate. So I guess they couldn't really do that inside Hogwarts because Hermione keeps pointing it out in this chapter. You can't disapparate within Hogwarts. But they can. House elves can because Dobby does it all the time. Oh. I think they have a special power. Oh, you're right. Because it's not actually operating. They're not actually operating. They have a special, like, ability to do that. Oh. I feel feel like Dumbledore could send Dobby to bring serious food then. He could easily send Dobby. Very easily. Just be like Dobby. Dobby would be so willing. He'd be like, cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I like I think Dobby would keep that a secret. Like if Dumbledore yeah. were like Dobby, I have a like a serious mission for you. It's going to be like daily or weekly, by I don't know, whatever. However yeah. often they want to bring serious food. Uh and just like don't tell anyone. Do not tell anyone at all. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I think Dobby would be the man for that job, but you know yeah. they're not gonna do that because it makes sense. I know. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it but anyway i i did make a comment about how dumbledore is right about the scar because he makes a comment about how it hurts when either voldemort is near harry or when he is feeling strong emotions and i think that that's very true i think that that often is why harry has these dreams because mm. from what i remember and i could be wrong because we haven't had most of the dreams come up yet but i think think that it does have a lot to do with how Voldemort is feeling yeah like if he's like really angry or like really happy because Harry gets those emotions very strongly later Mm -hmm. in like the next book yeah I think I think before Voldemort realizes that there is this connection and that Harry is kind of appearing in these times I think it is the strong emotions yeah that's what I think yeah I think you're right about that because obviously his scar hurts when he's near Voldemort. That's not even a question. Mm-hmm. But the emotions thing, I, I genuinely do think that Dumbledore is right about that. Yeah. So, way to go, Dumbledore. <laughs> way to go! But we also get a little bit more information about how like Dumbledore you know, believes that some of the disappearances are linked to each other and stuff. Like, yeah, okay, I think it's cool. interesting that Dumbledore reads the muggle paper <laughs> and he mentions that like, oh, the ministry obviously doesn't like ministry doesn't care about this. And I'm like, you would think that the ministry would keep some sort of eye on the muggle world. Like, just I feel like they should always bit. be keeping an eye I, on right? the muggle world. They're not a totally separate world. They're not in a totally separate earth or universe yeah. or whatever. They're all together on the same planet. Exactly. <laughs> Like, it, but from what Dumbledore said, it seems like they just don't. And I'm yeah. like, I, which is stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. Cause Dumbledore does, uh, does make these connections about some of the recent disappearances, yeah. which includes Bertha yeah. Jorkins. I think that's her name. Yes. Yeah. Bertha, uh, Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins, some other wizard, I think. And then, uh, yes. and then the, uh, the groundskeeper at the old, like, riddle mansion or whatever yep. you know who's a muggle yeah and dumbledore's like i think this is an important disappearance but the ministry doesn't think so and it's like what the heck yeah yeah also well and no oh, go, ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead go ahead go ahead 
Oh, oh, I was just going to say, like, the thing that kind of brought this up is Dumbledore has, like, a an image of Bertha Jorkins come up out of the pensive, and he, like, shows it to Harry or whatever, and Harry's like, oh, and he's like, ah, oh, yes, this is Bertha mm-hmm. and stuff, and Harry's like, what? Like, the, the, the one who's missing and blah, 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 and that's when they have this whole conversation. Yes, yeah, and, like, reading this conversation about Dumbledore being the one actually, like, caring about the muggle world and being like, oh, we should pay attention to this. I'm like, I feel like Dumbledore would make a good minister of magic in some respects, at least. Uh, He wouldn't be perfect or anything. But like, I I kind of wonder why Dumbledore didn't go for minister of magic sometimes. I I feel like he has explained it in the past. I think he has. Remember, I think it's more um kind of that situation of like he enjoys helping people but he doesn't want to be put in that position of power yeah uh, where he's like forced to make like really tough decisions that he doesn't want to make yeah i um i think that's what is essentially stopping him from being the minister yeah i agree with you there like i i think dumbledore enjoys being headmaster at hogwarts i think he enjoys that job i think he enjoys uh you know being able to, uh, I mean, he's not teaching himself at this point. Like, mm-hmm. he used to be a teacher, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, but, uh, like, I, I think he enjoys Hogwarts, you know? He yeah. likes the atmosphere. He likes the job. He would rather be there. Yeah, because it's easier. It's easier than being the Minister of Magic, mm-hmm. you know? Like, people still don't yeah. like you, but it's not on as large of a scale as it would be if you were the Minister. Yeah, exactly. So, there was something else I was going to say. I don't remember. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) That's fine. But anyway, they keep talking and stuff. And Dumbledore... So I guess, like, Harry asks about that last memory that they were in. He asks, like, oh, is that Neville's parents and stuff? And Dumbledore's like, yeah, yeah. But did Neville not tell you anything about his parents or why he lives with his grandmother? And Harry's like, no. And Harry... Mm -hmm. Then Harry's, like, in his, like thoughts like why have i never asked him that why have what harry it's because you're self-centered and you don't think about anyone else it's fine yeah we know that's how you are um so dumbledore is like well i mean his parents and harry's like oh are they dead and dumbledore's like no no they're they're not dead they're at saint mungo's they're insane Mm -hmm. um and they can't remember neville you know yeah and he's like, but I don't think this is anything Neville wants anyone to know if he hasn't told people. So you cannot talk about this. Yeah. And I was like, so why tell him in the first place? I mean, I I don't know. That's actually a good question. If it's Neville's stuff, like you should just be like, go ask Neville. Then Neville can decide if he wants you to know or not. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you pointed out, too, that Harry was kind of like, oh, why haven't I, you know, asked Neville about this? I've known him for four years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Harry could say the same thing about Dean and Seamus. He doesn't yeah, ask them. He doesn't know shit about anyone. doesn't. He cares about Ron, Hermione, and himself, mostly. Um, maybe. He barely knows anything about Hermione's family. Just that's that they're true. dentists. Just that they're, de- like they're muggles it. and they're dentists. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he knows. And, like, he... He knows Ron's family because he lives with them for part of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's been so, to their house before and whatnot. Yeah. Like they've like, the they've helped reason. him out. But 
It's not because he's actively invested in these conversations and asking about their families and trying to get to know their families and get to know more about them and stuff. It's not that. He doesn't care. But if he's living with people, obviously he's going to learn about them. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, you know, Dumbledore mentions, I'm looking at now, uh, you know, he mentions like the long bombs were very popular, Mm -hmm. uh, and whatnot. And, uh, and he was like a really good or yes. Mr. Longbottom was a very good or, uh, and Harry, Harry does ask like, uh, oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's see here. I'm just going to read this section just to give better context. Uh, so the long bombs were very popular, said Dumbledore. The attacks on them came after Voldemort's fall from power, just when everyone thought they were safe. Those attacks caused a wave of fury such as I have never known. The ministry was under great pressure to catch those who had done it. Unfortunately, the Longbottom's evidence was, given their condition, none too reliable. And then Harry asks, then Mr. Crouch's son might not be involved? And Dumbledore says, as to that, I have no idea. And that's when he says, like, they are insane. Uh, we can't really take what they say to heart because yeah. we don't know if what they're telling us is the truth. It's true. Yeah. And yeah, so they have that conversation. They talk about how Neville lives with his grandmother now and how he, like, visits his parents, but they don't recognize him and all that, you know? Yeah. And I I mean, I, I did make the comment. I was like, uh, it's sad because, like, they're essentially in a state worse than death just because, like, they're living, but, like, it's torturous for anyone who knows them or knew them before because they don't recognize anyone they don't know anyone anymore like yeah it's just all very like sad and depressing yeah because like that's what what kind of life is that but they're still having to live it you know Mm -hmm. so but yeah so Dumbledore (laughs) like Harry is like you know he's nosy and he likes to ask lots of questions and I think he does ask about Snape right yes he does yeah so he he asks about snape and dumbledore's like like yeah you know what harry this conversation's over (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. because harry asks uh what made you think that snape really stopped supporting voldemort and dumbledore says that harry is a matter between professor snape and myself and i'm like that's a good answer dumbledore (laughs) like harry harry doesn't need to know anyways Harry's a freaking 14-year-old. He doesn't need to know shit. Exactly. But also, like, I think in the sixth book, or maybe the last book, I don't know. We I think we find out kind of what that conversation was with between Dumbledore and Snape. It's the fifth. Is it the fifth? When it. Harry is doing the Aquamancy lesson. I thought it was later. I'm pretty sure it's the fifth one because Harry at like later towards the end of that book when like the lessons stop, Mm -hmm. it's because he like forces his way into Snape's like memories. Yeah. I thought, I thought Harry really only saw one memory though. And that was of Snape getting bullied. Cause I want to say that the memory that we see of the conversation might be in the sixth one. You're right. I can't remember if it's the sixth or the seventh. I almost want to say it's when Snape dies. That because you know he like t- gets the memories into whatever vial and then Harry goes and see those memories and I want to say that's when we see it. Oh, maybe. I can't remember. It was the seventh. Okay, Unreal Pepper says it was the seventh. Well, so we'll find I, out if it is. We'll find out eventually. <laughs> it was Snape's memory. Okay, yeah. So I think it is when Snape dies and like gives his memories okay. to Harry and whatnot. Okay. I just I feel like that conversation happened earlier than the seventh book. I don't. No, I mean, like... I wouldn't be surprised if it was the sixth one. I really wouldn't, because yeah. they're constantly <laughs> going into the pensive. 
That's true. Yeah. So that's entirely possible. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, it'll it'll happen probably later this year because I think we'll yeah. Rapunzel's next, by the way. Rapunzel's <laughs> next. Okay. All yeah. right. Figured that out. Because <laughs> it's it's the short story, <laughs> the Tangled, and then the Barbie movie. Oh anyway. right. Okay. So that'll be a short one. Yeah, that'll and be then shorter. We'll okay. go into the then next we'll Harry start Potter Harry Potter and the <laughs> Order of the Phoenix. So we'll probably read the sixth one next year ish. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so the conversation's over. And then at the very end of the chapter, Dumbledore's like, Good luck with the third task. <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> I was like, what a way to end the chapter. <laughs> That's okay. I was like, um, I mean, yeah, he's gonna need it since he could die. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, what the heck? Like, it was interesting. Like, Dumbledore was very much like, you asked about Snape, our conversation is over. And it was yeah, like, yeah, he did. It was like, okay, all right, bye, Dumbledore. And then yeah. he's like, oh, also, good luck with the third task. And it's like, okay. Ah. Right. Weird. <laughs> Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's the end of the so chapter. That's, that's the end. That's of it. That's this all we got. Yep. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So <sighs> chapters weren't super interesting, I would say. No. Like the the most interesting part was Harry going into the pensive and yeah. seeing the memories. Yeah. I would say that that's the most interesting. And then obviously like the part where he learned about Neville's parents and stuff. Yeah. Like that's interesting. And I kind of wish we knew more, I guess, Mm -hmm. but there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But that is it for 29 and 30. Yes. The dream and the pensive. Yeah. And I don't think we have anything else. I mean, you guys could go leave us a review. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how unintelligent we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we are. Yes, we are very unintelligent. Thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, join the Discord. Yes, I, do that. I think we've talked about it before, but I think we should do like a movie night for Goblet of Fire when it comes time for the movie episodes. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would maybe prevent you from <laughs> writing too many notes. Yeah, I would have way less notes if we did a movie night. So. It's true. She would because she wouldn't be able to pause it like she does every time. Yep. I do pause <laughs> it every time because I'm like, oh, I want to make sure I write these things down correctly and that I don't she miss anything. Are- she always ends up with like twice the size or three times the size of my notes because I just watch the movie and make comments as it goes. Yeah. And she goes, pause, let me write this. Pause, <laughs> Dude, let it's me true. write this. Pause. I want to make <laughs> like, sure I get everything. Come on. And then our episodes take fucking forever. <laughs> they take like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. It is what it is, you know. I'm on board with this movie night thing okay, because Colleen can, can't have too many We can plan then. a movie night for Goblet of Fire. Should we plan two movie nights since we split up movies in a half? Maybe. Maybe. Unless it's like early enough that we could watch the, the whole movie. True. True. Because then we wouldn't have to pause it at Christmas. Yeah. I love how that's always our like halfway point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 
where else are we going to pause it? I don't know. We For this, we might... Well, I guess we need the, to look at where Christmas yeah, happens. Yeah, I think we need to look at where Christmas happens. Because if it's still before the second task, then yeah, we can probably pause it. Or like split it after Christmas. After the Yule Ball. I'm 99% sure. But anyway. Anyways. We can look at that later. Yeah, we'll look at that later. We'll keep you guys updated on movie night. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so join the podcast. Leave us a review telling us how unintelligent we are. Yeah, come join um, the podcast. <laughs> Give us some some ratings on Spotify. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else. I think that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, there you go, guys. All right. Well, yeah, that's the end of this episode. So I guess we should keep it magical. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Books, Movies, and Musicals, Oh My. If you'd like to connect with us, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at BMMOMI. Be sure to check out our website at bmmomi.wixsite.com slash home. And check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash bmmomi. You can email us at books.movies.and.musicals.omy at gmail.com. Our socials, website, Patreon, and email address can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and even random strangers on the street. We can't wait to talk with you all next week. Bye! Bye.